0: Listening to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a New Zealander living her best life in Fukushima, Japan. I'm a podcast consultant and the creator of Pod Launch with Jane, a system that helps you create your dream podcast without all the drama and hassle, leaving you more free time to do the things you love to do. This show is for people who want to hear stories of women who are doing amazing things here in Japan and across the world. You'll find loads of inspiration for how you can live your best life wherever you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm the host of the show, Jane Nakata, coming to you from Fukushima here in Japan with a very nasal voice this week. I have been sick for, I think it must be like three weeks now. Let's hope that's the end of it, and then I start feeling fantastic again soon. But let's not let that keep us from what we're here for today, which is to introduce my guest for today, who is Violet Pachileo. You have heard her on the show exactly two years ago, and so there has been a great deal of changes since then, and I really enjoyed checking in with Violet to see what she's up to and all the things she has achieved since we last spoke. It's amazing. I know you'll find it inspiring. So let's get on with the show. Here is Violet. Hello, Violet. Welcome back to the Transformations with Jane podcast. Great to have you back on the show today.
1: Hi. Hi, Jane. Thanks for having me back.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So for uh, those people who don't know who Violet is, would you just give us a quick rundown on who you are, where you are and what you do?
1: So currently I run a mountain uh, CrossFit retreat in Kochi prefecture. We only opened last year, but we have a, a, a large CrossFit warehouse in the mountains, riverside. And then we also have a tiny house guest accommodation. We do e-bike rentals. We have a barbecue space for rent and it's, uh, uh, we've got salad paddle that you can go on the river on. And, um, As well as that, I also consult. So those are the two things I do. But up until, you know, COVID, I used to work in the Japanese stock market for 15 years. So I had a career change two years ago, three years ago now. Mm. Yeah. So we had Violet on the show two years ago
0: when you had just moved to Quartsheet a year earlier or so, right? You'd given up your finance job and you were just starting out in your new endeavor, which was to build this retreat that you've just been talking about, this mountain CrossFit retreat. And now it's an actual thing. It's yeah. It actually exists. Yeah. You built it. You did yeah. it. Congratulations. Yeah. Let's just Thank stop you. and say, wow, how amazing is that that you did that? Like, basically, I think this was Violet that did that. Tell me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I did it.
0: Yeah, you I did it.
1: <laughs> Everybody no, else kind of just it. followed well, along
0: and, no. yeah.
1: There was no one else. It was just me by myself alone. Right. I got the money. I raised the capital. I, I created the business plan. I raised the capital. I built it, Um. you know, found contractors to build this. And then uh, now I've got people working here for me. So, yeah, it was all me. No one else. Yeah. Uh, I have a big staff. Just
0: me. Fantastic. <laughs> what you have achieved in these last two years since we spoke so when we last talked you were sort of raising the capital you had the plan for what you wanted to build yeah how has that actually come to fruition like what is actually there now on your empty on what was just empty land that would be yeah so
1: yeah it was just an empty plot of rice paddy land that my granddad stopped you know growing rice 20 years ago um and he's he's passed away now but my mom's uh, inherited the land she's been kind enough to let me rent the land from her so I, I right. leased the land from yeah. her. And I built this um everyone comes comes here and they're like wow this is such a nice location but it's not like I chose this location this is the only land that was available for me so this yeah just happened to be, a get built happened to be <laughs> quite <laughs> um, beautiful yeah, yeah. This. It really a suicide, so uh, it worked out um yeah, uh, it, it was, it was, it wasn't easy. You know, I didn't have any capital myself. I had no money in the bank and, um, I didn't think I could raise any money because being, being an investor myself, like you don't lend to people that are risky. If they don't have any assets or collateral, you're not going to lend any money to them. So I have no idea how I managed to pull this off.
0: Just- <laughs> you wouldn't have lent yourself any money. I- <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think i taught myself through, i see i think i taught my way through it like i've I, I i think that's my my quality like i think i can sell anyone anything and i guess i sold a people yeah and uh they gave me the money so
0: yeah so yeah so now t- what's actually there on this land that you've built what does it look like um
1: it uh so we've got a the largest part of it is the crossfit warehouse um I call it a warehouse but I I used uh two local female architects who specialize in using local uh wood to they specialize in Japanese wooden houses like Homingo, mm. yeah. but uh they were kind enough to help me with this project so it's their first time building a warehouse so it's a warehouse using um reused steel structure and then they they managed to put like a bit of Local Hinoki wood around it to make it look a little bit more, uh, you know,
0: aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which in hindsight probably didn't, shouldn't have done that because it probably added a bit more cost to it. Um, Sure. But hey, it's done now. Right. Well,
0: at least your warehouse is not uh, like a a scar on the land. You know, it's not something ugly there, right? It's, it's yeah.
1: yeah, it's not it's not a traditional warehouse, CrossFit warehouse you would see in the US or Australia. Yeah. Or like yeah. that. Um, it was built from the ground up so it wasn't like an unused space. Um, but that's 280 square metre. It's just a big open space. CrossFit you don't have that, that many machinery so we just have just the basic CrossFit equipment needed in there. Uh, we don't have a big you know, we don't have hundreds and hundreds of members like a lot of bigger city um, crossfits do so we don't we don't have that you know a lot of equipment in there there's a lot of open space you can work out in which is nice um and then we you know we run out of money i say we but i ran out of money pretty quickly because the during during the so me submitting the proposal to the government and then me actually getting the money and then and then there's this project starting it took about a year in between so my first quote that I got from the uh, architect and then by the time I started the project a year later everything went up the prices went up oh
0: what I've done yes the, steel
1: prices, the wood everything went up so I had to cut 20 20- so when you think about you know it's like a 1.2 billion 1.2 million dollar project and if it went up by 20 percent, you know I had to cut a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do so mm-hmm. um there's a lot of things that I had to do myself and had to get the help of my husband to do. He's been great. Like if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't have happened. Like he disappeared for a year, um, between, I think after we spoke from August Mm. for a year, he went back to the U S with the kids. So I was left here by myself to like, just build this from scratch. And he came back, uh, halfway through the construction, but, after he came back, uh I mean so he wasn't here, he was useless when he wasn't here. But when he came back, um he helped me, you know, get everything done outside and he kind of maintains everything for me, which so is nice. I didn't mm. take off me. Um, so he's like the head coach, facility manager, he does everything, um, which kind of like frees up my space to do my consulting, which is Right. Yes, the other part right, of the so
0: part of yeah. your business.
1: Mm. So I got sidetracked. So we've got we've got the 280 square meter CrossFit, and then we also have a small tiny house accommodation next door on the same property, and the same architects built it. So it's it's wooden. Uh, it's like a modern wooden Japanese small tiny space. Um, it's got three floors. It's it's basically one open space, but it's got three floors. Like ladder going up to the that space there. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And then later right. to going up to the loft bedroom. So there's two two beds, one sofa bed, one double-sized sofa bed, and one queen size bed. And I made sure everything's European size, because I'm I hate small tiny beds and small Yeah, when tiny- they say
0: bed and you're like, that's not a bed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're out and you're there. yeah. So, so everything's European. Yeah. Even like the kitchen sink and the and the bathroom, everything I I, I made sure everything was raised right. to the normal European standard size. Mm-mm-mm. Right. So that's it. And then we've got a little barbecue outside on the deck for people that stay here. Um And then we also have, like, uh, a big... We wanted to have an outdoors uh, workout area, but I ran out of money, so that didn't happen. Um So it's just a big open, like, space, nothing on it. So we're trying to grow some um lawn from from seed. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> actually- Is it going yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like
0: very lush outside i don't know if you can see it oh
1: that's looking good yeah. yes but headache from my husband because he has to cut that grass
0: yeah. yeah we have a big lawn as well and i just spend my whole time picking weeds out of it and like oh, the weeds really? just go crazy <laughs> um, like, oh, What? Well, where are these weeds coming from anyway yeah so that's what my lawn looks like but hopefully yeah. you're you're having a bit, <laughs> bit of an easier time growing yours mm. very good amazing what you've created violet i'm so impressed i'm so impressed with everything you've done and yes. yeah with having your your kids in the background and and all of this as well to manage so that's absolutely fantastic what are some of the things you're doing with your consulting these days so
1: for the consulting so last we spoke i was talking about regional revitalization consulting that hmm. really take off and the bit. So loads of things happened that kind of like pointed me into what I'm doing now, which is, you know, my kids were getting not bullied or picked on, but just getting loads of comments from teachers or adults or children because they're uneducated about the differences in,
0: you know. They, they, they all were, said they have no idea about it <laughs> yeah they have yeah.
1: no idea about diversity in general so yeah. mm. they, they were getting loads of comments from people that were making them upset about you know why you know having curly hair or having yeah. skin color or being bigger than everyone or speaking yeah. a different language because they're only quarter japanese and I you know i'm half japanese and they don't think i'm japanese so my kids have it harder than me and my husband's half black so they've got like a mixture of african-american italian japanese i mean white british so they're a mixture of everything they got three passports they're speaking they speak british english american english it's kind of a mixture of that and then they speak japanese so you know they've got i'm sure they're going to go through an identity crisis anyway so that was that was just heartbreaking to see um and also i remember talking about this in my old my last podcast about People in regional areas don't understand that then there's a gender disparity. They don't see it. They don't understand it. Mm. Um, they don't see the need to change. So those kind of all came together. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I should just go and teach unconscious bias. I actually wanted to bring an unconscious bias speaker to the school. And that's where it started. And I contacted this uh, organization that teach unconscious bias to schools. And they were like, we don't have anyone in Shikoku. Why don't you become one of them? One of, uh, mm. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So I trained, took their course and became a trainer. And now I teach in Conscious Bias. That's to cool. schools, to teachers, to uh, different organizations. And then Courteous Prefecture, Gender Diversity uh, Bureau, Equality Bureau. Um, you know, I am still in touch with them. And they were like, oh, we don't have anyone teaching that in Courteous in general. Why don't you? Do you want to become our, you know, uh, right. they My cause a lecturer. So yeah. I'll do that for them which kind of led me to Karchi University. So now I go to Karchi University to lecture students and teach there on diversity management, oh. too, which kind of like everything kind of fell in place. And then because I'm doing that, I started to get noticed by, because I post things on LinkedIn, I started to get noticed by different, like a venture capital, a Japanese venture capital firm contacted me and were like, can you be our diversity advisor? So I'm like, okay, oh. another company um an activist investor they want to be more i guess work on their diversity so they asked me their board so all this diversity management doing it small scale here is kind of leading onto other things elsewhere oh my
0: goodness wow
1: so,
0: <laughs> yeah okay so not only are you helping Kochi Shikoku yeah. but also and it's it's growing to be sort of on a national level as well yeah yeah, yeah. fabulous
1: which I, is hmm. which is bad in a way because you, you know i know they're just coming i don't have a background in diversity management i used to do finance and they just see me as oh she's a woman she must know everything about diversity Oh, let's <laughs> oh, yeah. that is the annoying part yeah. but i have to embrace it and just run with it <laughs>
0: well why not you yeah and you know yeah obviously that that's just make the woman teach us all about it but um because it's a woman's problem right diversity so
1: that's what they think think. i try not to focus on females and women Mm -hmm. in my unconscious bias training i Mm -hmm. I deliberately take the focus away from that and -hmm. then generalize it you know so i'll talk about just everything. I talk about like uh, imposter syndrome. Everybody has that, so it doesn't just affect the women mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really interesting that you wouldn't have picked that when you were because last time I spoke to you, you were doing things with the NHK. You were going around. Oh, I still do to that TV. too. Yeah, yeah. This has really come up, and it's, it's I guess it's a kind of a timely thing. It's something that is kind of. Hot right now, if you will, in yeah. Japan, there's a lot yeah. of um, attention and money being spent on this. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how this actually pans out to real changes in society in the future. But
1: I'm glad that someone like you is working on it. Rather, wow, that's it's fantastic. So. And I'm happy that some companies are so open-minded that they would hire someone like me because I'm I'm really off the beaten. The traditional path of you know being in a corporate world and doing I'm so far from it. I'm living in the mountains, in the middle of the mountains, doing something different. I'm an entrepreneur now, and I don't I'm not in that world. And I'm not in the corporate world. So it's just it's just good to see that companies are becoming more open minded to hire someone like me. You know, I'm, I'm I'm 41 years old, and so this activist investor, on average, the board is like
0: 60. I would say oh wow okay yeah
1: you know, they're 20 30 they're probably 20 30 plus years older than me all men more mm. japanese men so for a company like that to be open-minded enough to hire someone like me i think is it's good to see the change is mm. slowly happening
0: wow that's fantastic <laughs>
1: they are they going
0: to get an education do you think when you and show up
1: me on the board and then they're actually listening to what I have to say is another thing. So I'll see mm,
0: how that works out. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. So yeah, what would you say to people who are banging their head against the wall? Because I think last time I spoke to you, yeah. I really got the feeling that's where you were kind of at, you know, really, like this wasn't working. You were talking to these people, nothing had happened and all that sort of thing. Yeah. What would you say to those people who are sort of at that point where you were about two years ago?
1: I think it's really hard to give advice because you have to learn from your own experience and you have to do it and learn from it and then move on. But the, it, it wasn't an easy ride. Like if you're trying to do anything in the countryside, there are rules, unspoken rules that you mm. have to follow and you don't know – that until you actually put yourself in there and actually do it and some things work some things didn't um just don't be scared to be bold because if you limit yourself or um you know don't challenge yourself you're never going to get there if you don't take the risk you know you're not going to know and what's the worst that could happen? Someone could say no. That's it. It's not going to kill you. It's not the end mm. of the life, your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you learn from all those lessons. It's all a learning experience. So I, I would say just do it. Mm.
0: So how have things changed since then uh, with working with local government? If they they changed their attitude, <laughs> anything, uh, or are they still dragging their feet down there?
1: What I've learned from that this experience is mm. that don't waste your time working with the local government just do it yourself <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it when i say local government i'm talking town level i think prefecture level it's slightly different but mm-hmm. when it comes to the town level especially in this town other towns are more proactive so you know this isn't this is a this is not uh, equal across Japan but for this town specifically um the change within that town is not happen or maybe it will take a long time. So I'm not here to you know, I'm not here to run for office, I'm not here for waste my time trying to change their views because if they are not unconscious bias, they you know, they just they haven't seen the world outside of this town. So it's really difficult to explain to people like that what i'm trying to do or what the vision is or what the rest of japan is doing and and they're getting left behind um it's easier and quicker to just do it yourself case in
0: point yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: if if you do stuff on your own land if you do it with your own you know resources no one can say anything to you that's what i've learned Mm. (laughs) If you, if you try and use the government, if you're trying to, to do anything with the local government, you have to go through all sorts of different levels of layers of approvals. And then, uh, you know, there's going to be someone that's going to be like, no, actually, it's always 100% of the time it's no. Mm. So it's best to just do it yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. Just get on with it. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. I've, I've heard
0: that from other people as well. Like if you ask for permission, you're going to get a no. So you yeah. might as well just do what you can and yeah. get started and, and ask for forgiveness <laughs> later, you know, as long as your intentions are good, which I'm sure yours are. And, and people who are wanting to improve things generally are, yeah. um, people are just looking for a way to not be responsible for any decisions and, you know to push paper until five o'clock and go home or whatever it is yeah. I feel mm.
1: I think I think also not to conform to whatever it is that they so I've, I see a lot of people moving here Japanese and foreigners and they try and really fit in to become one of the locals and you're never going to fit in and so I've just done the opposite. I've just stayed true to myself. And, you know, I get a lot of t- local TV interviews. And I'm still myself. I'm I'll talk about the money. I'll talk about uh, you know, my vision, and my mother will watch it and she's just local, she's from here. So she's like, Violet, you sound so um arrogant and you you you're always talking down to you sound like you're talking down to people. You need to and people aren't gonna understand what you're saying because people out around here are very you know, uh, reserved, and you need, to, mm. you need to conform. And I'm like, no, that's not who I am. I'm just going to be myself. I'm not trying to boast. I'm just talk, ta- talking facts. Yeah, these are facts. facts. <laughs> I always, like, raise the point that this town is, like, the fifth poorest town in the whole of Japan. So there are, like, 3,000-something uh, towns and villages in Japan. And this is the government statistic. I'm not making this up. Uh, that You know, every, every town has their... Uh, income ranking ranked from mm, one to mm. three thousand. minatoku which is where I, uh, is number one in japan in terms of income level and mm. um, this town is fifth from bottom and there are other towns like below us which like in okinawa i think mm. so this is one of the poorest areas in japan I and mean, i always talk about this even, even on japanese tv i always talk about this and then my mother doesn't like it she's like well, what are the neighbors gonna think and then i was like and then uh so the activist investor, they said they saw those interviews and they were impressed. And I was like, "Look, I'm not <laughs> of who I am not like, yeah, yeah, this is who I am." And obviously, there are people out there that appreciate the way I think. Yeah. So I am not going to conform to whatever it is this Inaka people think or do because because you know this business wouldn't have become what it is now if I conformed to their ideals.
0: Exactly. Yeah. How interesting. Your mum was like, oh my God, what will the neighbors think? And she's embarrassed by me. She's what? Sorry?
1: He says she's embarrassed by me. Okay. Um, Not, I don't think she's anymore, but at the beginning she was. She was always trying Mm -hmm. to shoot me or trying to tell me to be quiet or don't be so, you know, don't speak up, don't do this, don't do that. But, you know, I sit on, I'm the vice chair at the, um, at the chamber, local chamber now, like, for the Women's Network. And I didn't ask to be made that position. They, they you know, said, why do you want to do it? And, and these ladies in their 80s, who are part of the chamber, because there are no young people around here, these old ladies in their 80s and 70s asked me to do it. Like, if they thought that I was too outspoken and, and mm. arrogant, I don't think they would have asked me. So I'm sorry, Mum, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess you're, you are in a way helping your Mum to let go of that sort of education she's had from growing up and sort of living in Otoyo where you be yeah. quiet and women be quiet and that's yeah. anything. And.
1: And that goes back to my unconscious bias training, because what's interesting is like uh, I, I taught three unconscious bias trainings to local regions in this area last uh, at the beginning of this year. And, you know, sometimes older people come, older ladies and men, and most of the women would say my um imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome, or not just imposter syndrome, unconscious bias on yourself usually stems from bad experience you've had growing up and that yeah. kind of gets in, built into your brain to protect yourself because you don't want to have those bad experiences anymore so if you did something and you were embarrassed by it or you you were scolded at school or you were told off by your parents that is you know ingrained in you so when you become when you get older you start putting limitations on yourself, thinking, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm not very good at that. But that's just a bias you're putting on yourself. Really, you can, but it's just some experience you've had in the past. So I teach that. And uh, it was interesting. Most of the women would say, oh, I'm not very good at speaking in front of people. I, I just, I'm, I can't stand up and and uh, say my ike, like say... uh Opinion. Or mm-hmm. say my view, or, mm-hmm. you know. And I said to her, is there something, like, do you think that was because something happened to you as a child? And she was like, yeah, maybe when I was a child, you know, we weren't allowed to um, speak up in 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 the public place or at school. Like, we had to form lines and blah, blah, blah. And she, she gave me loads of examples, and that made a lot of sense. And if these girls and women, especially around here, they will put their husbands, you know, for, for example, like, we have pta and i always thought more mothers did pta than fathers but in this town it's the opposite no mothers do it it's all men all men nearly 100 of men doing mm. pta and uh if something that we have a, a form like so oh i don't know if i should give examples because they might listen to a podcast, but, you know so for example i'm just going to say because you might listen to it, and she needs to learn from this so uh Uh, there's a local um, cafe owner who comes and trains here and she makes these little... I asked her to make these for my guests, these little biscottis for my guests. Oh, lovely. And I said, oh, can you make... Can you just do a little write-up of who you are, why you came to this town, why you're making this? You know, this is made in this town and you're um, doing this with your husband and, and maybe it'll promote your other business, which is the renting business. They have canoe business. She's like, okay. And then she did it and then wrote her husband's name on the bottom and she brought it to me and I was like, why Why did you, where's your name? Mm. She's like, oh, the, you know, my, it's my husband's. I was like, no, but who, did, I, did your husband make this biscotti? And she's like, no, I made it. I was like, why are you putting your husband's name down? <laughs> that's just one example, but a lot of women here will put their husband's names down, even if they did it themselves. Mm. They just give the credit to their husband because that's what they're told to do people my age are doing it people
0: like in their 30s and 40s are doing it that's me that's interesting yeah Mm. i i'm interested to hear more about this sending the husbands to the pga because (laughs) yeah and and i think it's this woman not being able to speak up or not having the confidence to say no i won't do that or yes i would like to do that or um like managing the relationships that happen in the pta right yeah um, is it something like that because we don't i don't see that here and we, i wouldn't call us city either like we're kind of small town um but it's not till uh sixth grade that the yeah. fathers start showing up at the pta because the mothers don't want to be roped into something it's a way avoidance tactic basically oh hmm. yeah send I the don't... father along because he's less likely to be like oh Nakata-san, why don't you take a turn? You know, like um, they just show up, get the information and go home.
1: I've noticed that the BTA group are exactly the same group of people every single year and it's the same set of men. And the first year I I came here, I was like, oh, I'll I'll be the head of uh, PR, PTA, PR division. And I raised my hand and the guy that usually does it was so pissed. I didn't realise that it was like,
0: that was the thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone's every person, was, it was the same person. It was, the role was going to the same person every year. Like, I didn't know that. So I raised my hand, I became the head of PTA for the PR department. And I didn't, couldn't understand why this guy was so mean to me, like why he was always off with me, like trying to start fights with me. You know, on purpose. Oh. I was like, what is wrong with him? And then when I stepped back, because my kids and my husband went to America for a year and he became that, that role. And then this year he's also that role. And last year he was like, and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. I took his role away from him because I raised my hand and he didn't like it. But why did the men do it? Uh <laughs> I got yeah, the sidetrack. Um women don't speak up. And mm-hmm. they all say they've got more responsibilities at home and you know, my clients, my, my CrossFit clients, women, female CrossFit clients, uh talk about and they're my age, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, they talk about husbands not doing anything at home. They don't mm-hmm. help they don't cook, clean, help anything at all at home. They just sit there and wait for their food to be served. Yeah. Mm. that's just just unbelievable in my age group i mm, thought it mm. was like the older that generation.
0: was a generation ago surely no, yeah it's not. Mm.
1: in tokyo it's the generation ago i think people might oh you no know, our generation tends mm. to help out more mm, mm. so it's just eye-opening
0: mm. Interesting.
1: how very backwards it is here
0: <laughs> <laughs> still struggling to catch up with yeah yeah mm. i mean that's what i see when i visit my parents-in-law yeah. yeah no. Like, it's like- I mean obviously it's not like um my father-in-law does nothing all day he's out in the fields all day doing hard work but as soon as he gets in the house he sits there and waits for his food and <laughs> it's like well what if there's no food you know yeah, yeah. um interesting isn't it okay yeah. yeah I think it's um I what I do see about fathers being in the PTA here is it's kind of a like a career move thing like a um like as in there's some kind of business that they're involved in that they want to be seen to be doing something in the community and yeah. so this is one of the places they show up it's the pta or you know it's the chamber of commerce sure about these other places as well and so in the future they might be gunning for running for city council or yeah they want their business to be seen in a good light and so they're on the pta that's kind of what i see here once yeah, we get no. up to the citywide PTA, I'm like, well, where are all the women that actually do all the
1: work? Because it's just
0: men on there. It's <laughs> really mm-hmm. weird. Yeah.
1: Anyway. No, I think <laughs> it's the same here. I think I reckon those people have um, ambitions to become like the local politician. Yeah, to... there's some kind of
0: ambition behind it, which yeah, the, the mothers so. don't have. It's just like, okay, I was chosen. And so I'm here. And so I'm doing whatever it is I have to be doing. But there's no ambition
1: behind I, it yeah. yeah yeah i i did think about running for the local politician spot but when you actually look at what they have to do and the amount of time they have to spend on it and the, the, the little amount of money they get paid it's just not worth it then you can create i just real i realized like you can be a catalyst for change in other ways i don't think being a politician is a catalyst for change because they are just For here, this town, I don't know how other towns are, but this town, they're just there to collect the public's opinions and then they just present that at the Gikai. That's all they seem to do. Mm, mm, mm. Do they really have their own opinions like put forward? I don't know. It's a good way to... About
0: change, yeah. You're representing the town's people, so you have to kind of put forward their, yeah. their ideas and things and find out what they're thinking, etc. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you can do more, you can definitely do a lot more, a lot quicker
1: mm. things that
0: you that matter to you, obviously, right? Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you heard of Naomi Koshi? She was mayor of um, Otsu City, no, no. Um, she's a lawyer in Tokyo, but she became mayor of Otsu City for two terms she had two terms
1: is she and... the one that Catherine had on her podcast yes, yes 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 I bought her book after I heard her podcast like oh, I went wow. her book. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: and she also runs women on boards uh, sort of training things as well yeah That's yeah true. yeah she did amazing things in Otsu City be- yeah. by becoming mayor right but she yeah. had to fight yeah she still had to fight with the people underneath her to get them to do what she wanted to yeah. do right with so even when you up. get to the position like mayor it's like still a battle mm. to get people to actually do
1: yeah do I something think, hmm. i really admire people like that because i just don't have it in me to fight anymore like i'm just so tired Every we have had no days off. Like since this crossfit open, we haven't had any days off. And even like during Golden Week, even if the gym is closed, we still have this accommodation to deal with. And yes, I have three cleaners that come, but none of them can do Sundays or bank holidays. So Mm. I have to clean on Sundays and bank holidays, which Mm. means like after I teach the class, or if my husband's teaching the class, I can come and clean. But usually, like on Sundays or bank holidays, he's off with the kids to take them to attract me or some sort of competition. So I'm just left here by myself. Mm. So like am teaching the class and I was coming clean and like every day has just been a struggle and I just don't have it in me to fight anymore. I just, I'm trying to get through the days. So I've got three kids, you know, I've got a house. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff happening, right? And the business. So it's mm. really tough being a small business owner. And uh, I think that's what I didn't know two years ago in the podcast, like how hard it was going to be to run my own business. It's draining. It's fun, but it's draining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's endless, right? It's just daily grind. <laughs> it's endless. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we, I know I haven't done a good job promoting this place and I've, I'm just about to hire a PR manager. Um, so I'm talking to a few people I've been interviewing this month and, uh, mm. yeah, I'm just hoping that we can get someone good that can help us promote this place a bit better
0: yeah well that would be exciting if you can get someone who
1: knows what they're doing and
0: um yeah yeah, get more more feet through the door for the classes and
1: yeah
0: more revenue happening so you can do less
1: like i think hiring and staff is the most difficult part for me like raising Mm. the money is what i do i can do that that all day i can promote no
0: worries yeah
1: get the money but then, when it comes to running the business, that's the hardest part. Like, I've never done it before, so uh, Major hiring,
0: learning there, mm. yeah,
1: hiring the right talent, knowing when to hire, you know, how to scale the business or grow this business. I've got loads of other things I want to do. Like, I want to go, you know, manage to raise a Japanese uh, one hundred twenty million yen. I want to raise another five hundred million yen to build a hotel next. Like, I've already got it. I've already spoken to the architects. I already have the land. I already have it in my head. I- this is the next thing I wanna do, but I'm not very good at like scaling it and hiring the right people. So if I can't do that, I'm stuck.
0: Right. Yeah. So I'm seeing, yeah, this is your zone of genius. This is raising the money, the vision, building it, and then you need to hand it off somehow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Mm. Interesting. Yeah, well, this is definitely a learning because when you build this hotel, right? you gotta get I think you gotta get this one right first before this hotel comes along, right? Because that's bigger yeah. scale, larger scale of oh, all yeah. of this, what's going on. This is this is the training ground for yeah. part two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm kinda of like torn between building a hotel, a small boutique hotel and just buying up a, a bunch of Akia and renovating it nicely higher in to, to uh rent those out, be a B cell, but mm. realise with this if this tiny house wasn't attached to our, our CrossFit, I wouldn't be able to come and clean it. If I have all these ackeys all over the place, like, and the cleaner like phones in sick the night before, like, someone's gonna have to clean because,
0: yep, gonna have next to one's drive coming. The
1: time, yeah. They check out and then someone else checks in on the same day. Like, it might be a bit of a nightmare. So, I don't know. I haven't figured it out. I haven't figured out what I'm gonna do. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're
0: definitely learning the lessons you need to learn. Right. In order for this next thing to be successful, make sure you build that bridge to the island before you start building the next bridge. You get to get to the other side.
1: That's my uh, weakness, I guess. I just start going from one project to the next project, to the next project, to the next project, and I've always had yeah. different projects going on and multiple projects going on in my head. It doesn't stop. <laughs> There's so many interesting challenges that
0: come up when you start something new. And i bet you probably didn't yeah you didn't think two years ago that running that actual business would be the hardest part rather than the the building it the finding the money and all of that i'm sure it wasn't easy but great learnings isn't it and i'm really excited to see what happens next and i wish you all the best with finding those team members that's going to make running this current project yeah uh, fun and uh, you know enjoyable which yeah. is, leads to it going on for a long time
1: mm. Thank you We we have had, since the borders have opened up, we've had tons of inbound tourists and a lot of them are crossfitters coming from Europe Wow um, you We know, have clients from Denmark and Belgium and France and all sorts of places like US like because they, in Germany as well they want to work out while they um 90% of our Tiny house guests don't work out, and they don't. They just book this location because it's convenient, and they'll use this. You know, they might stay for a week, and then they'll just travel, drive off to different places in Chicago because we're in right in the middle of Chicago, and then a few of them will come here because they're just dedicated fitness fanatics and they want to work out even when they're traveling. So they'll, mm. leave the base, they'll work out, they'll go on their tourist stuff, come back, work out, they'll go and do their tourist stuff. So so it's kind of working out the way I imagined it too, which is nice. That's yeah, just-
0: fantastic. Yay for the borders being open and a yeah. different kind of traveler to be able to come and enjoy what you have to offer which just looks amazing And
1: and then the funny the interesting difference i'm starting to see between like different nationalities when they stay uh foreigners tend to be more courteous and clean and uh understanding that this is a small business japanese japanese uh guests They'll stain the place, they'll damage things, you know, they'll leave things dirty, they don't clean up after themselves, they'll steal things, like, maybe I need to press it higher, I don't know, what the, I don't know why they're doing that, but I, t- I talk to a lot of the uh, guest houses around here and they saying things, so it's very strange, like, when you're expecting a Japanese uh, customer to be the polite one and to be the nice one, and that is the complete opposite. Mm, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. That works. Maybe
0: they don't understand the concept of staying in a in a tiny house as opposed to a hotel room kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think they treat it like a hotel, like it's a big business. So now when they check in, I purposely say to them, "This is a small business. I run this." You know, I I even wrote it out and put a little tiny house manual in the building in the in the house, and it's gotten slightly better, but they're still not as. uh, it's funny because they do moral lessons at school so I don't understand why they can't treat a small business nicely. I guess they expect service industry workers to to uh, cater to, mm. to... Oh, I have no idea. They need, yeah. to, they need to be taught how to behave.
0: <laughs> I find that very unusual. Mm. Because
1: it's totally obvious who took it, right? <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs> how can you Like, everything if because I wasn't the first three months I didn't think it was necessary for me to lock the um so I have a little you know in the house like I used to keep all the cleaning products in here I used to keep all the extra tissues and toilet paper and I just didn't really think about it and I had a a closet where I kept all the bed sheets and the towels and then but I had the cleaner clean, so I wasn't really keeping tabs of what was here and what was missing. And then at the end of the year, New Year, she couldn't clean, so my husband and I came in and cleaned. And I'm like, hold on a minute, where are all the, where are all the towers gone? I thought I bought a set of, you know, I knew how many towers there were in the set, and then they're all gone. So people taking off Mm. back then you know Mm. that was just Japanese tourists that were coming through so I was like yeah we need to start locking everything and I'm not leaving anything extra in the house because they are getting taken Mm. there's a good uh good uh, learning experience Mm.
0: well yeah (laughs) there's certainly an art to running a uh, business where people come and stay with you yeah Mm. and then there's
1: another difference I've noticed like I always leave these little like Bits of tea and cookies, and mm. if it's a Japanese guest, all of this will be gone. 100 yep.
0: take it with you. Yeah,
1: most foreign guests don't even touch any of it. Like, mm. especially the Japanese teas don't get touched. They mm. don't drink these. Mm. My, I thought people would drink my fancy English like flavor. That looks Maybe lovely. It. Yeah, no. most people don't drink those. They, actually, there was an English guy here, and he drank those, but. The rest most of them don't Mm. most people don't touch the cookies Mm -hmm. foreigners Mm -hmm. so it's strange like maybe Mm. they have more food allergies and they don't want to eat something they don't know what's in like it could be
0: a a thing of like i don't really know what this is so i don't want to like waste it or use it but yeah
1: yeah clean out the old teas and
0: coffees (laughs) i do i'll take it (laughs) i do that when we're in the hotel like yay
1: Yeah, it is interesting seeing different guests habits from different countries because they tend to have different countries, different people. Like mm. the Japanese teas, I'm surprised. I thought people came here because they wanted to drink Japanese tea, but no one take, no, not, none of it's been drank. The Japanese teas just don't get drank at all.
0: Mm. i must
1: stop listening to that.
0: Interesting. I have worked in accommodation business pretty much my whole life and you'll hear oh. certain nationalities will be more noisy about how hard or how soft the bed is. And it's like, what? Oh, really? And yeah, yeah. Like certain um, Europeans will always comment on the bed being too soft. They're like hard beds and other oh. Europeans do not comment on it and they put really? the softer beds. And Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> do you have a bed or is it tatami?
0: No, no, no. Um, like a bed. So, you know, beds can be of different hardnesses or softnesses and things. Do so.
1: they comment on your review or they tell you verbally? Oh, uh,
0: yeah, both. Like, they tell you to your face and comment on the reviews and things. So mm. no one's- You can't win because other people like it, right? But this, yeah. you know, certain nationalities don't like, but they expect it to be the same as their own country right
1: even though they're traveling around the world oh yeah Yeah. we got everything from ikea so no one's commented on that well that might be a a good
0: good trick get everything from (laughs) ikea (laughs) potentially everybody's used to it (laughs) Yeah, I know. well it's been great to catch up with you today violet and hear about all of these things all of your learnings that you had going through these uh creating an amazing facility in the middle of little old town in Kochi Prefecture. So I just want that to be an inspirational story to others that you can create change if you see something that needs to be changed. And yeah, maybe you don't need to go to the local government to ask for help, just get on and do it yourself and yeah. look what you can achieve. People will listen to you even if, um, you know, your mom thinks you're being too loud or whatever. Other people find it useful and interesting and, and yeah, be yourself. Just be yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah be you I think that's the best advice <laughs> whatever that looks like yeah all righty well keep on doing what you're doing violet thank you so much for your time today
1: yeah thanks Jane, for having me on again